Hello and welcome back to the Practically Speaking podcast series. I'm Amy Roost, Director of Client Services for Harney's Fiduciary in London, and I'm joined by Rachel Graham, Transactional Partner, also in our London office. Hi there, Um, Amy. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for joining us. So today we're going to talk about the wonderful world of corporate governance. Absolutely. And what what is corporate governance? And why is (laughs) it important? And why is it important? Absolutely. Corporate governance, to me, is a pragmatic standard of administration to ensure that you meet your statutory, regulatory obligations and that you are adhering to those standards and it's about control and risk mitigation and all those good things. What does corporate governance mean to you? Corporate governance means to me, probably as a corporate lawyer, is is me thinking about what directors need to do what they need to think about when they're running a company. And we touched upon some of those matters in our previous podcast about directors generally. In particular, we were looking at sort of statutory and fiduciary duties. But I think corporate governance is more than that these days. It's more about ensuring compliance with laws and regulations which apply not just sort of for a legal sense to the actual operation of the business but also the management of that business in the context of the marketplace in which it operates Mm -hmm. so it stretches beyond the sort of purely corporate law you must abide by so what does the average user of a BVI company, what do they need to think about in terms of corporate governance? What is that pragmatic standard that we should seek to adhere to? I think there's a number of different areas that bring to mind, but I think one of the key areas is that relating to the use of company funds, for example, and just to make sure that even if you are the sole shareholder and sole director of a single asset holding BVI company, that that company should have a separate bank account. It should keep any funds that it has separate from your funds as the shareholder, just to make sure that there's no mixing of assets. It's clear which assets belong to who. And all of the funds going into or out of a BVI company should be clearly documented and accounted for. I mean, there it goes without saying that there are record keeping obligations for BVI companies. And whilst the BVI doesn't have specific accounting rules that it requires BVI companies to follow, there is a legal requirement for the company's records and its underlying documentation to be in a form that is sufficient to show and explain the company's transactions and which will at any time the directors or interested party could have a look at and and fully understand the financial position of the company with reasonable accuracy. Now, that sounds obvious, but it is important because if you don't do that, as a director of a BVI company, if you want to declare a dividend, for example, to your shareholders, or you want to authorise a buyback of shares, or you want to put the company into solvent liquidation, you need to be able to look at a balance sheet or a financial record for that company that allows you to determine whether or not any of those actions can be taken, whether or not the company is solvent, whether or not it can meet its obligations as and when they fall due. So, Although there isn't a specific need for the account to take a particular form, most BVI companies 
do tend to keep their accounting records in line with international accounting standards or GAP. And that's a sensible approach to take. Management accounts are fine. There's no specific statutory requirement to get your accounts to be audited. Although with bigger, more active, more complex BVI companies with lots of assets and lots of business activity, often the stakeholders, the shareholders of that company will expect audited accounts. So it's working out what's sensible and what's reasonable for your company in the context of what it does and where it does it. The need to keep accounting records is really important. Paper trails are vital. This is partly to record the nature of the funds that are flowing in and out of the company, but also to record the decisions that the directors are making with respect to those assets or or, all those funds. And the registered agent needs to be informed of who is keeping those records as well. That's another obligation that people sometimes forget about. Not only where the information is held, but in the case of the financial records, it's a by whom as well. Yes, who has them. And people should also remember that there is an obligation to keep them for a period of time, to keep historic information. Now, I'm going to move on to an area which always comes up in the context of compliance, and you're one of our experts on this. I guess we can't ignore economic substance, can we? (laughs) Absolutely not. When will we ever (laughs) be able to ignore economic substance? (laughs) I mean, we've now got through the classification and reporting process for most companies' first relevant period. Is that it? Can we now, can we forget about this? Is this now something that the registered agent's just going to deal with going forward? I I think I know the answer to this, but... Oh, uh, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) The obligation is on the entity each year to report via its registered agent into the BOSS system. So the reporting process is ongoing. Yes, you're correct that the first big reporting cycle has happened, but this is ongoing. This is here to stay. Every year, your registered agent will be contacting you to ask you whether you performed relevant activity and in the event that you did to confirm whether or not you were non-resident and get evidence of that. And if you weren't non-resident, then you'll need to deliver the required particulars of your substance in the BVI. So directors need to be well informed about the economic substance regime and think about it regularly and, and determine their position and look at any time there's a change in the nature of their activities or or their decision-making flow or economic substance needs to be at the forefront when when making these decisions these days. And and I think there's there's probably a couple of ways in which directors of BVI company can make sure that they're up to speed with the developments in in relation to economic substance and and other compliance-related matters for their BVI company. And that might be to appoint a locally-based company secretary whose job it is to essentially do that, to keep the board, keep the company informed of when their reporting obligations come into play, whether it's to do with simple changes in officers and directors or changes of shareholders and the filings, etc., that need to be made in respect of those, but also to remind them of the reporting deadlines and dates for substance reporting. And I know the the registered agents usually have fairly good systems in place for email reminders and that kind of thing. But 
I think experience has shown over the last year and dealing with this first reporting cycle that there is a little bit more hand-holding, more guidance that is required. And I think if you have a BVI company and your registered agent is unable to provide you with enough guidance to allow you to be informed or well-informed to take the decisions that you need to take in relation to compliance and reporting, that it is worth considering some of the local experts in in the jurisdiction who who might be able to to help you on a more regular basis so everything doesn't become a bit of a a rush as deadlines approach. Yeah you're absolutely right whilst having a company secretary is not mandated under the legislation we've seen such a huge rise in inquiries from people that just feel that they do need to be reminded and, and they want somebody to take responsibility for reminding them of their calendar of events if you like. It's certainly a a different kettle of fish these days. But yes, company secretaries can take responsibility for keeping the books, for making sure that all of the statutory obligations are met. But then also, you know, if board meetings need to take place, perhaps in the BVI, you know, organising various services to support the board in those meetings and running virtual meetings. Those are all things that company secretaries do as standard to help with this. So you're not in it alone. Absolutely. I mean, I think corporate governance is something that is very important. I think it's becoming an area that is increasingly wide with all the the different compliance obligations that we're now aware of and the reporting obligations that relate to simple actions like changes in directors and, and shareholders require reporting in the BVI. They may require reporting to to more than one regulatory authority. And they may also involve form filling and document collecting as well if it's compliance related. Directors need to just make sure they're across what the obligations are. You know, as we've said, company secretaries are a way through that. Obviously, seeking advice at the right time is an obvious other way of doing that as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks ever so much, Rachel, for chatting with me today. I look forward to chatting again in the future. Thanks very much, Amy. As ever, it's always a pleasure chatting to you. I look forward to speaking to you again soon in another episode of our Practically Speaking podcast series. Goodbye.